Mm-hmm. And mm. I've never shouted Xbox record that after I did like 10 sit-ups, so <laughs> I don't even know if it works. I haven't tried it. Oh, man. I did 10 oh, push-ups. Man. Xbox record that. guys welcome to the rated na podcast for the website nerdappropriate.com this is episode number 136 ash and hillary are here uh, i am scott matt has the evening off like they say on the news yeah yeah i always wanted to do that you know when they i always thought that was cool when uh when it's um lester holt and he's like brian williams has the evening off and you're like what is brian williams doing anyways yeah. Is he going out to dinner? Did he have a dentist appointment? Like, what's the deal? I'm always yeah. he's probably he's probably sitting in his like amazing New York apartment with mm-hmm. a brandy snifter, like just overlooking the city, kind of like like newsroom style. I was gonna say, yeah. who do you who do you think the character from Newsroom is modeled on? Ooh, maybe Ooh. Dan Rather. Peter seems Jennings, like he's such a nice guy. Maybe Peter Jennings. Yeah, I mean, I always I, liked Peter Jennings. It's such a know. compelling character. I I feel like it's based off of like some you know, combination of, of famous newsmen type characters, you know, yeah. with a little Sorkin you, you twist. You hear that season three is going to be the last season for Newsroom? I just is it really? No. Yeah. They're doing one more season and they're done. Man, I would, I would have killed just to get, you know, half, half of a season more of Studio 60. I actually liked that show when it was on and then it, it went away. Oh, it blew my mind. It was so good. Yeah. So, well, and uh, then also yeah. Mad Men's ending too. That's a big one. Did you guys know. ever watch Mad Men? I never did. I have the DVDs, uh, or sorry, Blu-rays waiting for me, but I've never watched them. Yeah, there was. You're um, gonna love it. Like after the first two or three seasons, Amazon had like a Prime deal where you could purchase all of them for cheap. And I remember Matt and I bought them. Neither of us ever watched the series, and uh, and I think a lot of it is on Netflix, anyways. So it's like, yeah, I did me. the same thing at that right. same sale. I got the first three seasons for like twenty bucks or something. Damn you, Amazon Prime! Yes. Yeah, you guys need to watch it. It really is amazing. It's it's a good show. I will. I it's I on the list. Let's do the rundown. We're going to talk about what we've been up to. I've been playing a little Shadowrun Returns. Ash has been playing some Rogue Legacy, and Hillary has been working a lot. Um, <laughs> we're going to play. We're going to play a new game on the show called the Netflix Game, which by the title you might be able to figure out what it is, but it'll be fun. And then Ash is going to review a game called Don't Shit Your Pants and a game <laughs> called Rogue Legacy. Um, and then we'll also talk about The Hobbit. I am playing Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, and I also got the Banner Saga. And then in our Naquato, we're going to talk about what game, film, or television series soundtrack would be the soundtrack to your life. I really like that question. Yeah, you mm-hmm. guys came up with it. Good job. Um, we got a lot of people responding this week and, and a lot of new people as well. So thank you guys again so, so, so much and genuinely mean that. That's awesome. Absolutely. And then let's also take a minute to thank our our sponsor, Audible. Audible.com is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from in every genre, um, including sci-fi and comedy, business, romance. I'm still listening to Paddle Your Own Canoe by Nick Offerman, for instance. Audible titles play on iPhone, Kindle, Android, and more than 500 devices for listening anytime, anywhere. And you can get a free audiobook from us, sort of, by from us. Well, I guess it's from them. But you go to audibletrial.com <laughs> slash ratednA, and uh, you can get a free 
audiobook and support the podcast. So how are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. Busy week. Good. Who's going first? Ash, you should go first. Oh, me? Okay. Um, you spoke up first. Okay. Darn. And, and your, begin- your name is, it begins with an A. It does. So that makes it sense. Does. Uh, 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 busy work week. Uh, not really <laughs> an exciting week. I'm trying to think of anything really great that I did. Uh, Shield came back this week, I think. Was it this week? And it was good. Um, I, I'm really liking it. I know it's, it's taking a lot of lumps because people are saying that it's uh, not Marvel enough. It does kind of have that villain of the week formula going on right now, but I know there's a lot of big, um, big things coming up for the show. Not really a spoiler, but Sif from Thor is going to be on a couple episodes. They said, which will be cool. Um, so I'm excited for Shield. And what else? I played some Rogue Legacy this week, and I know it's an, an older game. It came out mid 2013, but I picked it up on Steam sale mm-hmm. and uh, kind of beat my head against that because uh, you know. Those roguelike games are super challenging, so <laughs> I played that, died a whole lot, which is, I guess, the whole point of Rogue Legacy. And let's see, I still played, I still had some time to play some Battlefield, and um, still still doing okay in Battlefield. Yeah, I ran around uh, last night a little bit. Yeah, for sure, in this morning, and there's a big patch um, that they just put in to fix some of the um, connection issues and such. So they're finally smoothing things out, and uh, it's been... A lot of fun. Other than that, what did I watch? Um, I watched some stuff on Netflix this week. I watched a movie called All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, hmm. um, which is uh, a pretty solid horror slash thriller film. A beautifully shot. Really, really liked it. Um, what else did I watch? That's really the only one that's popping out right now. Uh, speaking of popping out, Hillary. What? What, what do you, what <laughs> do, you do a- this week? What was that? I don't know. Just transition. I don't know how to do them like you do. <laughs> wow. He just takes Alrighty the last then. thing that he said, and he's yeah. like, "Speaking of speaking that, of the thing I just said last, then I transition." Are, are you to making? You. Are you making fun of me because I have boobs? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's something that you can make fun of someone. No, for. no. I think that's like a <laughs> like you, you award someone for that. Oh, right? I see. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Look what you have. Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) That's great. All right. I'm going to move forward on this. But you know what, guys? I have a problem. Uh What's that? I cannot stop online shopping. Oh, no. I'm really, I'm getting really, really, really bad at like like Amazon, Overstock. Like, I cannot stop. It's a big problem. So I think that's why I work so much. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm like, oh, I need to pay that Amazon bill. You need Um, more boots. Yeah, I, I, you, dude, you can never have too many boots. This is yeah. the thing. I want to say boots and boobs, but that just sounds weird. I know. I have to be careful. I have to be careful with that too. Anyway, so um, besides working a lot on, um, I'm working on a big project for the company that I used to work for, and then I'm doing some work with Bioware, which is always super fun. Um, I've been waiting around for all of my shows to come back from Christmas, and it's kind of it's January is a, a weird month, you know. You're just like waiting for everything to come back. Yeah. But I are there, did see other shows the, in particular that you're waiting for. Well, you guys are a lot of my favorite ones are back. You're going to laugh at me. So, okay. um, no, I won't. yeah, the vampire diaries <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and rain. Um, but yeah, no, like Dracula's back, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I feel like we need to get our like HBO shows back. Ah, you know, yes. oh, I, know. Like, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's just kind of a weird time. I, I really want like Game of Thrones to come back. That's in April, I think. 
And, yeah, um, you know, while. those types of shows. I know. It just feels like this part this time of the year, you're just like, oh. The first trailer just came out this week, though, and got me all pumped. I know. It's amazing. It but good. I did actually I did actually see the Carrie reboot this weekend. Oh, so, how was that? With Chloe Grace Moretz? It was actually, yeah, it was actually really good. It was better than the original one. She's so, great. She's awesome. Yeah. I thought it was acted really well. And Isn't was, Julianne Moore um, in that as scary. well? She is. She mm. is scary. No, I was going to say, wow. she's like the world's scariest redhead. Awesome. Yeah, she is. <laughs> but yeah, so I saw that. It was pretty good. But um, speaking of things that are good, <laughs> Scott, oh, Scott, what are you hubba, hubba. See, I got a great transition. <laughs> yeah, you did. My God. <laughs> it's not bad at all. Yeah. Well, thank you, Hillary. Uh, is that an innuendo, Hillary? <laughs> <laughs> Not as much as popping out. Wow, that's a callback. In your endo. Wow. Oh boy. Um, so I, you like you, know, you you picked up something on Steam. So you picked up a Rogue Legacy. I picked up Shadowrun Returns, which I guess was a Kickstarter project from back in the day, and it is awesome. You guys, it reminds me. It kind of reminds me of D and D, and I guess it should because that's what Shadowrun is. What it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's really cool, man. Kind of, I guess what you buy when you buy Shadowrun Returns is that you buy sort of the technology that you can play the game with, and then you get the campaign that comes with the game. But then the Steam Workshop community creates their own campaigns and other little things that you can do in the game. So you almost cool. kind of get a a D and D like building world, if if that makes any sense. That's really cool. I like that. And it's all steampunk and such because um, I didn't play a lot of Shadowrun when I was younger. I know you and Matt did. Is it steampunk? I really can't pin down what it is. I, I think f- it's supposed to be. It's a like friend of mine. Steampunk. Is there, there's magic and stuff though too, right? Yeah, it's weird. Like a friend of mine tried to explain the lore to me before I started playing the game. And I guess it it's supposed to be the future. It's sort of like Syndicate in the sense where there are giant corporations that run things. And then people sort of live off the grid. And I'm probably going to butcher this and people are going to be mad, but yeah, um, there I just are said people steampunk who, and I know I'm wrong. So there are I, people I, that are like shadow runners, which I guess are sort of like your rogues and couriers that sort of do the dirty work for these major corporations and stuff like that. Okay. Um, but there are a lot of different classes and that's sort of what makes the lore interesting. There are people called deckers, which are sort of your hackers, hackers right? Yeah. And the deckers can go into this environment called the matrix and um what? yeah it's sort of a synthetic environment where you can there's actually a, an entirely separate combat system inside of the virtual world um there are mages that do your traditional magic there are shaman who summon spirits and are kind of more support style characters um and then you have your traditional people with guns people with swords people that can deploy drones so Man, it's kind of this so much fun yeah it's a mm-hmm. it's a really bizarre mix of magic and technology and it all sort of blends together in this world sort of this seedy underbelly it you know the the game that i'm playing takes place in um the pacific northwest in in seattle so it's it's cool it's a good story i think i've played through maybe a third or half of it and i'm really enjoying it if you like D D, if you like turn-based tactical games um you know putting points into things and <clears throat> customizing your character to your liking it's really cool and I noticed something as I was playing the game in in as much as that it feels like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines, even though that game is a third person sort of combat, real time combat kind of game. But just the feel of the world and sort of the the atmosphere of the game sort of reminds me of that. 
if that makes any sense to anybody. That, yeah, that's very that cool. Yeah. I, I oh. like the, the idea that there's technology blended with magic that we don't see that mm-hmm. enough, you know, and that's one of the things I used to love about the final fantasy games is there was this strange, you know, the world they lived in was, was, was both technologically advanced and, you know, filled with magic, mm-hmm. which is super cool. I think in this specific case, it works really well for this universe because I think specializing in something means something more than just approaching combat in a different way. Do you control uh, an individual character or a party? Oh, yeah. So you you primarily control your own character that you create and roll or whatever. Okay. But when you go on these runs, you can hire people to be on your team. So sometimes you'll have a person who is part of the storyline and they'll be with you. And then you can have up to a squad of four, including yourself. So Oh, cool. So you, you have know, a main character and then some kind of underlings or NPC type characters. Yeah, it's cool because, you, you know, before the mission starts, you can go to this, this um, they call them a fixer. And you can hire a couple of people that suit your combat style, people that augment your own abilities. And then you go out and do these runs and do combat. And it's it's really cool. But I just think it's neat that, you know, if you're a Decker, you can do better inside of the Matrix environment than somebody who's not a Decker. Yeah, and then, that's um, really cool. You know, there are also things in the game like cybernetic enhancements. But if you're a shaman, those things don't really benefit you as much because um, enhancing your body with the cybernetic attachments lowers what they call your essence and the less essence you have um, impacts what you can do sort of as a magic user. So there are all these different trade-offs, different equipment that people can use. And there's really a lot of creates a lot of customization within this game. So it's really cool. Well, I'm now going to pick it up. I should have gotten it during the steam sale, but I went crazy and bought too much. It's on steam. (laughs) And if you, if you buy it on PC, you, you get access to the workshop. If that's not your thing, you can also buy it on tablet, like on iOS but you obviously don't have access to the user created content. You just have the main campaign, which I, which I understand is really good anyways. So there you go. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. This week was also sort of the mini apocalypse for Kickstarter um, with Republic coming out just a few weeks ago. This week also brought to us double finds broken age, uh, at least the first Mm -hmm. part of it. And then um, stoics, the banner saga, at least the first third of that. Um, Cause all these games have gone episodic for some reason, but I didn't play the Broken Age, <laughs> but I got it. And um, I'm going to talk about Banner Saga later on in the reviews. And then I also saw a news story. I'm about, really excited about... About what? Sorry, I was just going to say, I'm really, I'm really excited about one of your last things. Anyway, yeah, sorry, didn't mean I'm, to throw no, you off No, I'm going to get to that really quickly. <laughs> um, there was a news story this week about the game Incognito, which was Clay's new game that they're working on. Yeah. They changed the name to Invisible Ink. And for some reason, that was enough to make me go out and buy it. At least get access <laughs> to the alpha. Um, I wanted I, to play I it anyways. It, like I, I suck at packs, and it was awesome. That's what everybody says, and like yeah, I just fun. this like spy shit, the espionage and spy stuff. I just eat that shit up, so I just I had to get it. You know, <laughs> yeah. it reminded me of XCOM, but it was more objective based and espionage based. So yeah, you'll love it. I mean, like all that stuff is, as you say, in my wheelhouse. It is. You're a spy. You know you stuff are. like James Bond and No One Lives Forever, and um, you know this martinis. Game. Yeah, the women ship. with overly <laughs> sexualized names. Zenya on the top. Yes. Yeah. And pussy galore. Yeah, and Mary Goodhead, I think, is a Bond character too. Oh wow! Yeah, and Doctor oh, Christmas. And a lot of vagina. That's from Austin Powers. That's from Austin Powers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I only thought Christmas came once. That see, um, that was James Bond. Yeah. That was yeah. Was that name? was Christmas uh, Jones. What was her name? Christmas. Or, yeah. 
Jones. Yeah, I think something like that. Christmas Jones, one of the yeah. worst characters ever. That oh, was Denise Richards, right? Yeah, I think Pierce Brosnan <laughs> oh, was a terrible geez. Bond, anyways. Yeah. Um, or at least his movies were were not good because they were kind of had that '90s vibe. But anyways, yeah. The last thing I want to quickly talk about is Xbox Fitness, which is Ooh. I'm I'm kind of all about these. Um, I don't like to work out, but if I can do it in a in a sort of be rewarded with achievements kind of way, then I'll do it. I mean gamified. I don't, I don't want to use that word. <laughs> I feel like it you don't like gamification. Gamification, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever sells books, right? Anyways, um, <laughs> so Xbox Fitness is pretty good. It's sort of hit or miss. If you are an Xbox Live Gold member, you have. Mm-hmm. They say you have access to Xbox Fitness, but you only actually have some access to Xbox Fitness because a lot of the workout routines. I would say a majority of the workout routines are free, but then there are some upper tier workout programs that might consist of four separate workouts and you only have access to the first workout. And then if you want to buy the whole routine, some of these things are like on the level of $30 for a workout routine. What? Yeah, it's crazy. But there's really expensive ones like P90X and stuff on there too that cost like normally <gighs> much, much money. That I mean, that is a tough value proposition. I mean... When you're trying that to compare is. the cost of Xbox Fitness, I guess the cons against the cost of having a personal trainer or a gym membership, yeah. maybe it's justified, and I would understand it. But at the same time, this is only good as long as you own Xbox Fitness. So, if well, you know what I mean, like if I you mean, buy it on DVD, you'll have pay- the DVD forever, right? True. If someone were to say to me, if I were to buy this, I would immediately lose weight. That's one thing. But you're like, can I please pay for access to torture myself? Yeah. <laughs> like P90X is like really hard. I yeah. mean, yeah, I don't think people understand that. Like, I mean, I, I think they like, do a little bit. I was like, oh, my God, my body is I know, not I think, capable of that. I I've not people done that understand what. I think people are like, if I buy this, I'm going to be sweaty and have muscles like the people on TV. I can do it. And then they're in it. And they're like, what did I do? <laughs> You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, that's yeah. really hard stuff. So I anyway. guess, I mean, I mean, I guess I sort of started with the negative aspects of it, but the sort of the more positive aspects of it is that it works pretty well in terms of the body tracking. Um, mm-hmm. And then the, can you really the, read your heartbeat? Isn't this the one that reads your heartbeat? Okay. So I looked into this and I, cause it wasn't working at first and I didn't really see any indication of what it was doing. So I had to go into the tuner and have it sort of tune itself to my body, I guess. But what it actually does mm-hmm. is that it sort of measures um, it measures changes in your skin coloring, I guess, as a way to determine your heart rate. Okay. Hmm. So I yeah. guess I guess in some sort of scientific way, changes in your skin coloring is a indication of your heart rate. So it's not obviously it's not a direct measure of your heart rate. It's not X-raying your body and watching your heartbeat or something strange like that. So that's the magic behind that. And it works pretty well. And Mm -hmm. um, I tried a couple of different workouts. There are some 10 minute workouts that are sort of older workout videos that I think you can buy on DVD. And those are pretty good. They're um, pretty simple. So as you know, when you're beginning, the 10 minute workouts are good. Um, And then I tried something called, I guess there is a personal trainer workout person called Tracy Anderson. And she is featured heavily inside of this, xbox fitness app and it's a little Mm. weird for anyone that's ever done a workout dvd because usually i am Mm -hmm. accustomed to the person speaking to you live sort of in the recording right but Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. tracy anderson's videos she is doing the workouts and then she does a voiceover afterwards 
So it's a little weird and off-putting to have the voice sort of come in from the nether realm. Mm-hmm. And then you're just watching this person with a blank face who sometimes forgets that she has to smile while she's doing the videos. Um, <laughs> and, you know, like she's That's really bad. It's, yeah. it's a little weird, but um, all that being said, the workout is actually really good. I, I found it to be really challenging. And then if you really want to um, get your ass kicked, of course, Jillian Michaels from The Biggest Loser has some workouts in there too. Oh, yeah. And um, man, like in a 30-minute video after like 15 minutes, I want to throw up. She's oh, I she, bet she kicks your ass, dude. She's all business, and uh, I think her workout videos are the best, but they're also the toughest ones. So, um, hmm. I would recommend Xbox Fitness, or at least some you know, check it out if you have an Xbox Live Gold account and stuff like this is sort of interesting to you. You can mm-hmm. sort of go at your own pace. It's not like you're playing a game and you won't fail. If you just want to stand there and watch the video, you can do that until you can learn the moves and stuff, but. It's a thing that's there that I don't think a lot of people know about it. And it's something that at least will be free through 2014 mm-hmm. for Xbox Live Gold members. And then I think they move over to a subscription account, which is even more confusing since you have to buy some of them anyways. But hmm. um, the only other thing I want to say about that is that they don't have – it's a lot of like aerobic style workouts. So there's not a lot of things like yoga or Pilates and other sort of the low impact workout yeah. routines so hopefully mm-hmm. in the future if this takes off they'll add that kind of stuff too that's cool well it's cool that they added it i mean it it's neat that they're using technology to you know to enhance the workout experience because working out can be pretty boring yeah so. and hey i mean this is really like this kind of stuff is the reason why i favored the xbox one over the playstation 4 because i wanted these sort of different experiences like xbox fitness mm-hmm. things you can only do on Xbox One, which is mm-hmm. which is the whole purpose for me. So, so with yoga and Pilates, though, I mean, how would you get your Connect to focus on you on the floor? I, yeah, I guess you'd have to move your Connect. That's the tricky part. But I seem to remember in, I want to say that in Ubisoft's Year Shape 2014, with mm-hmm. on the 360, I think they had some stuff like that, and the Xbox Fitness routines. Some of those routines have you sort of doing mat exercises like on the ground. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So huh. they must have some way to track you. And especially mm-hmm. if you're doing things like warrior, you know, you, they can track your poses while you're standing. So are they, so are you putting out updates into the Xbox world when you're doing exercises? Like Scott just burned 500 calories. I mean, you tell me, I, I, I guess if I, I unlock an achievement, you'll see it. it. They make I, they I make looking like at friends pretty challenging now. I know they really do. If you want to see what your friends are doing, they like, it's like hid your impossible. friends behind like three menus now, which is weird. But um, I haven't looked at my friends in about a week. So I mean, if you don't see, if you go through that, if you go to friends and you go through the feed and you haven't seen me doing it, then it must not be sending updates because I've been doing it. You know, mm-hmm. and mm. I've never shouted Xbox record that after I did like ten sit ups. So <laughs> I don't even know if it works. I haven't tried it. Oh man. I did 10 push-ups. Xbox, record that. I don't don't think it works that way. (laughs) Send it to Ash. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How do you guys feel about me pitting you against one another in a game of movie knowledge? Let's do it. All right. So we'll be right back in a few minutes with the the Netflix game, which is a first for the Rated NA podcast. So we'll see you in a second. Okay, we're back, and we are going to do the Netflix game. Uh, how this game is going to work is 
Uh, the other day, I was browsing my Netflix queue, and I realized that um, some genius that works for Netflix got to summarize <laughs> <laughs> summarize films in a sentence or two. And some of the summaries are, are hilarious, and some of them are really strange. But I found myself laughing as I was scrolling through Netflix just because of how ridiculous the summaries of the movies were. So I said, well, wouldn't it be fun to ask you guys if you can figure out what movie the Netflix sum- summarization is actually talking about? So how this is going to work That's awesome. is I'm going to you get we're going to go one at a time. OK, mm-hmm. um, you're going to have 10 seconds to answer the question. So the questions, obviously, you'll I'll read the summary to you. If you can answer it in 10 seconds, then you'll get the point. If you don't, then the other person will get a chance to steal it and get, steal the point from you. Got it. But what I don't want is both of you screaming out the answer at the same time because that doesn't make for good podcasting. So right. um, we'll go one at a time. Uh, to see who goes first, I picked a number between 1 and 10. Wait, 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 wait. Yes. Can I, can I, add, can I add something? Sure. Or can I ask something actually? Yes. So what if, what if I don't get it and Scott doesn't get it? Can then we no- get like – Nobody can we get does. a hint? Like, no, no, no. But can we get a hint? Like, the, the year it was released. Um, I don't have that written down, but I can give you a hint. <laughs> just not the year it was released. <laughs> okay. I don't have. I don't have them memorized. I just, you know, wrote some stuff down. But I can definitely Sorry. give you a hint. So, if, Yay, if, both of, good. if both of you don't get it, then we'll say that it goes back to the original person, and I will give you one hint. Okay. okay. Awesome. Okay. Got All it. right. So, um, I picked a number between one and ten. Does he will go first? Scott, what number do you think it is? Six. Hillary? Nine. The number was actually one, written down on a piece of paper in front of me. So Scott gets to go first. Okay. Okay, Scott. This is the first film. It says, this tough trucker wants a quick bite in the big city. He'll get served a Chinese buffet of evil magic. What is this film? Oh, what? This I know tough it, trucker I know it. wants a quick bite in the big city. He'll get served a Chinese buffet of evil magic. Oh my god. I'll give you ten seconds. Oh, I know it. I know it. I know Hold it. On. Hold on. Oh, uh, I don't know. All right, so it goes to Hillary. Big trouble in little China. Hillary gets the point. It is Son big trouble in little China. All right. Yes! So we'll give a point to Hillary. Oh, this is not good. I don't see a lot of movies. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> All right, so then the next question would actually still be Hillary's question, so mm-hmm. Hillary has a chance to um, mm-hmm. a chance to. So this is actually a television series. Okay. Uh, this says, "Your friends are losers. Your dad's a dork, and your love life's a joke. The wrong crowd is right where you belong." Mm. Suburgatory. That is incorrect. The question goes to Scott, and it is a television series. It says, "Your friends are losers." Your dad's a dork and your love life's a joke. The wrong crowd is right where you belong. Um, is it Freaks and Geeks? It is Freaks and Geeks. Scott takes yes! the point. Scott takes the point. All, All right. right. So the next one is Scott's question. Okay. This is also a television series. <clears throat> An eccentric FBI agent investigates a murder in a small town full of secrets. Then things get weird, really weird in all caps. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'll read it one more time. An eccentric FBI agent investigates a murder in a small town full of secrets. Then things get weird, really weird. <laughs> is it Eureka? It is not Eureka. Son of a bitch. So that goes to Hillary. What? 
Hmm. I'm going to say the X-Files and I know it's wrong. That is incorrect. So we're going to go back to Scott and I'm going to give you uh, a hint. Okay. Um, the hint is this, this show aired in the, uh, I want to say early 90s. And it was <gasps> David, oh, I know it. David Lynch's show. Oh, I know it. I know is it, it. Uh, is it Twin oh. Peaks? It is oh. Twin Peaks. Oh. Yeah. yeah. All right. I used to love that show. It was a good show. All right, Hillary, this one's for you. Mm. <clears throat> this is a, a film. A familiar cyborg returns to protect his future savior. The newer model has other ideas. This isn't a love story. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's, is it Terminator 2 Judgment Day? It is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. It isn't a love story. That, that's the line that made me crack up. I'm like, why did they add why? that? Why? Why would they even think? How, I don't know. How are they? What? Oh. I don't know. Okay. You know what the description for this movie should have been? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> The Miles Miles Dyson Lamaze breathing. Yes. <laughs> All right, <clears throat> Scott. This one's hard. This is also a film. Okay. A bar filled with low lives. Excuse me. I'll say that again. A bar filled with low lives. <laughs> a town built on greed and a bouncer who's not afraid to bake break bones or rules. Whoa! Wait, read it one more time. A bar filled with low lives. <clears throat> a town built on greed and a bouncer who's not afraid to bake break bones or rules. Is it from dusk till dawn? It is not from dusk till dawn. <sighs> it is. All right. So Hillary, I'll read it one more time. You have a chance to steal the point. A bar filled with lowlifes, a town built on greed and a bouncer who's not afraid to break bones or rules. Uh, I have no idea. I'm, I, this is a, a hard, Jason a Statham one. film. Um, no, it's not Jason Statham. Oh, okay. Oh. I um, I'm just gonna say I don't know. Okay, so we're gonna go back to Scott and I'm gonna give you a hint. Okay. Um, the lead of this film was also the lead in the film Ghost. Hmm. Oh, is it Roadhouse. I know it, is. it is Roadhouse. Oh, Roadhouse. Ding, ding, ding. All right, very good. So moving on, uh, Hillary. <clears throat> This is also a film. He was in charge, but it was only when he got turned into a llama that he learned how to rule. I'm sorry, <laughs> turned into a llama? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Here's the description. He was in charge, but it was only when he got turned into a llama that he learned how to rule. I have no <laughs> I, I turned into a llama? <laughs> I don't know if I've seen this film, and I, if I haven't, I really need to see this. Is it like one of those animated films? I, I can't even ask. Um, what? It, like Madagascar? Because <laughs> there's llamas there? I don't know. All right. We're going to pass it to Scott. Same question. <clears throat> he was in charge, but it was only when he got turned into a llama that he learned how to rule. Is it The Emperor's New Groove? It is, Scott. Yeah! <laughs> I've never seen that. That's crazy times. I saw that when I worked at FYE. <laughs> Did you actually know that? Yeah, I've, I saw that movie like five times. That's amazing. Okay, so Scott, this one's for you. Uh, this is a film. Brainwashed into committing murder, a dim-witted male model struts into a life of political intrigue and fashion glitterati. <laughs> oh, I know this. Is it Zoolander? This is Zoolander. Very good. Very good. <laughs> That's what a terrible description. <laughs> That's, right? I loved it. 
All right, Hillary, I'm going to oh. tell you this one's a little. This one's hard. Okay. Great. Because the other ones haven't been. This. Listen to the description very carefully, and it, it okay. may it may help you. <clears throat> when Manhattan's homeless mutate into crazed cannibalistic underground dwellers, a photojournalist, his girlfriend, and a crazy bum try and save the day. So I'll read it one more time. When Manhattan's homeless mutate into crazed cannibalistic underground dwellers, a photojournalist, his girlfriend, and a crazy bum try and save the day. Um, I'm mm, 28 days. That, that is incorrect. Oh, Scott. Man. Can you read it one more time? Sure. One more time. All right. <clears throat> Here we go. When Manhattan's homeless mutate into crazed cannibalistic underground dwellers, a photojournalist, his girlfriend and a crazy bum try and save the day. Is it, um, hobo with a shotgun? Oh, you're so close. It is not hobo with a shotgun. All right. So Hillary, you get a chance with a hint. Uh huh. Um, the name of this film is actually an acronym. Uh, and therefore, if you listen to the description very carefully, you might be able to figure out the acronym that is this film. And it's a horror film from the 80s. Oh. So here we go. When Manhattan's homeless mutate into crazed cannibalistic underground dwellers, a photojournalist, his girlfriend, and a crazy bum try and save the day. So any guesses? Dude, no. I have uh, no idea. All right. None. All right, Scott, you have one last chance to steal it, then we're throwing it out. All right, read it one more time. When Manhattan's homeless mutate into crazed, cannibalistic, underground dwellers, a photojournalist, his girlfriend, and a crazy bum try and save the day. I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. All right. So this was, this was a, probably the hardest one in the whole lot, but this was a movie called Chud. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember Chud? Are you <laughs> no. serious? Yes. Chud was no. great. Cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers. Chuds. I almost said Chud just because I didn't think that was a word though. I was just going to say it because that's now, what you read. Now your homework is to go watch Chud. All right. Okay. So that one's thrown out. We'll throw out Chud. Um, the next question was actually Scott's. So here we go. A pregnant police uh, no, no, say here we go. A pregnant police chief keeps working an odd murder case. She's folksy, you betcha, but don't underestimate her. What? Oh my god. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, read it one more time. All right. A pregnant police chief keeps working an odd murder case. She's folksy, you betcha. Don't underestimate her. It's a film. It is a film. I don't know. I'm gonna have to defer to Hillary on this one. All right. What? A, preg- a folksy? A pregnant okay. police chief keeps working an odd murder case. She's folksy, you betcha, but don't underestimate her. I feel like this is like a movie with Ashley Judd or something. Um Bones? That is incorrect. Scott, I'm gonna give you a hint. Okay. Um, this is a Coen Brothers film, and on the, the DVD slash Blu-ray cover, it has snow. Is it Fargo? It is Fargo. Very oh, my God. What? <laughs> oh. I'm, like, I'm, I'm so losing this game. You betcha. How many, where, you where betcha. are we on You this? betcha. Yep. You betcha, folksy. Okay, Hillary, this one's yours. Mm. Here we go. 
<clears throat> what happens when a God-fearing bluesman rescues a young nymphomaniac? Healing, redemption, and a whole lot of crazy. I'm sorry? Like, what is this? <laughs> we'll say it one more time. What happens when a God-fearing bluesman rescues a young nymphomaniac? Healing, redemption, and a whole lot of crazy. Wow. I, I feel like you picked like a lot of really obscure ones. A. B. <laughs> These are not B. I cannot get past the word nymphomaniac. That's the point of the game because the descriptions are so absurd. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Debbie does Dallas. That is incorrect. We'll, we'll see if Scott knows it. So the question again, Scott, is what happens when a God-fearing bluesman rescues a young nymphomaniac, healing, redemption, and a whole lot of crazy? Haven't you seen my movies? That's Mother F and Black Snake Moan. It is Black Snake Moan. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Samuel L. Jackson and Christina Ricci. Very good. Very good. All right. Scott, this one's yours. Okay. He's a war hero, a mogul, and a prophet. He's not an intelligent man, but he leads a brilliant life. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best description ever. Is it Forrest Gump? It is Forrest Gump. <laughs> Can I just read that really? one more time? Yeah, yeah, read it again. That's Forrest Gump? It is. He's a war hero, a mogul, and a prophet. He's not an intelligent man, but he leads a brilliant life. <laughs> like, I honestly, I want to meet these, the guy, the guy or guys or ladies that write this because they're amazing. <laughs> it's, that's incredible. There's an art to it. Wow. All right. Hillary, this one's yours. Okay. Oh, <clears throat> Here we go. A schizophrenic teenager meets the average American family. Their idyllic suburban existence is in danger. Um, uh, really? I, I, <laughs> really? This one's so vague. I'm sorry, but I, I had to laugh when I read it, when I read it. <laughs> A schizophrenic teenager goes to a normal house and their lives are in danger, right? Is yeah, that the a gist? schizophrenic teenager meets the average American family. Their idyllic suburban existence is in danger. Oh, I want to say Edward Scissorhands, but it's not. That is incorrect. Scott, do you want to steal it? Read it one more time. Okay. A schizophrenic teenager meets the average American family. Their idyllic suburban existence is in danger. Oh my god. Is it the movie that I'm thinking of? I can't remember the name of. Is it I can't think of the movie, so I'm just gonna describe it. And if Hillary wants to steal this, that's fine. Okay. But I'm thinking of the movie, and I think Brendan Fraser's in the movie and everything's in black and white and people and live Cino in like, Man. No. <laughs> no, they like live in cookie cutter houses and then somebody comes and brings color to the movie. Is that the movie? Pleasantville. It is not pleasant. Though. Oh, damn. Um, because this one is so vague, and I think I'll give you, I'll give you a hint, Hillary. So we'll go back to the uh -huh. hint. Yep. Um, this movie has a giant rabbit in it named Frank, who is slightly oh. demonic. Slightly demonic rabbit named Frank. Um, also stars, stars a, a young actor whose sister is also an actor. John Cusack? No, good guess. I have no idea. I I don't remember any 
crazy bunny's name Frank. Okay. So. Scott, do you know this one? Donnie Darko. It is Donnie Darko. Very good. Have Aww. you seen Donnie Darko, Hillary? I feel like I have a long time a ago. A long time ago. Okay. All right. I Scott. suck at this game. It's okay. These are hard. This is a, this is a hard game. It's hilarious, though. It's amazing. That the This one, we'll see if Scott can get this one. Okay. <clears throat> a ship hurtling through space. A passenger with a lethal secret. An assassin in the shadows. It's anything but serene. <laughs> is it what? serenity? It is serenity. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> it's anything but serene. It's anything but serene. All right. So that was all of the questions. Let's go ahead and do a quick tally. We have Aww. Hillary with two points. <laughs> Uh, for Terminator 2 and Big Trouble in Little China, and Scott with 11 points. So Yay. good job, Scott. Oh, wow. <laughs> Clean sweep for Scott. So anyway, uh, thank you guys for playing the Netflix game. You don't get any real prizes oh. um, other than the joy of hearing Netflix descriptions. A bunch of reviews today. Uh, we have a game called Don't Shit Your Pants. Um, we have Rogue Legacy. We, we might talk a little bit about The Hobbit. Uh, Scott's going to talk about Assassin's Creed Liberation HD, which is now on um, consoles from handheld. And he's also going to talk about the Bonner, Bonner Saga. <laughs> uh, I don't know why. I said that. <laughs> Whoa. Gosh. I'm getting way super highbrow here. Um, so we're going to quickly talk about a game called Don't Shit Your Pants. Which is an, an old school, an old school uh, text-based adventure, and the reason why um, it's on our list today is I was doing a little research um, on Cellar Door Games, who made Rogue Legacy, and it turns out Don't Shit Your Pants is their first game. Um, it's currently available for free on Congregate, and I encourage everyone to uh, play Don't Shit Your Pants. So, Don't Shit Your Pants. You play uh, a man who is standing outside the bathroom door. And um, he has to go very, very badly. It's going to take you longer to describe this game than it is for someone to play it. Oh, yeah. It's very quick. So you. <laughs> oh, man. Now I know how I would. Now I know what to do. Hold on. Hold on. Let's figure it out. So what you have to do is you have to get into the bathroom uh, before you shit your pants. So what Hillary is going to do is she's going to live play Don't Shit Your Pants and read what's happening on the screen because it's text based and there's just, you know, a little tiny animation. So you don't get to see the shit, but you might get to hear the shit. So Hillary. Why don't you go ahead and get started and explain what's going on? So here we go. Okay, so there's a guy standing in a purple room that says, you really need to take a shit. Okay. <laughs> so far, so good. Yeah. Drop pants. You remove your pants. Okay. All right. Um, okay. So move to bathroom door. I don't know how to move to bathroom door. What? Oh, uh-oh. You're running out of time. You need to find a way to reduce the pressure in your gut. Um, <laughs> Clock is ticking. Hurry. Shirt. 
Remove shirt. I don't know how to remove shirt. Oh, Why are you taking your shirt off? The knob. Because it's tied around his belly. Oh, okay. He's got a large belly. Oh, my God. It's peeking his head. Do something about the gas buildup. I don't know what to do. Oh, you said you couldn't hold it anymore. You had to shit. Good thing your pants were off. Congratulations. (laughs) And you get an achievement because you actually don't technically shit your pants. Now, Scott, did you figure out the the actual method to not shitting your pants? I did. I figured (laughs) I I figured out um, two ways to, I guess, complete this game, if that's Mm -hmm. the right word. Okay. <laughs> I also want to point out that I think we we've just done our very first let's play on, <laughs> on the show. This was our first let's play. <laughs> we're really we're we're ahead of the curve here. We're classy. Classy. It's a classy podcast. Yeah. So, so there you go. So um, how, how do you do it? Tell I us the secret. Well, I don't want to tell you. I don't want to reveal the full secrets of the game to you. Okay. But I'll give you a little a pro tip that will help you complete the game very quickly. Okay. Okay. Step one take off pants yes step two shit (laughs) and he'll shit on the floor and everyone will be happy (laughs) it works i'm serious it works there you go that makes sense i mean why not right then i'll let i'll let our listeners figure out the other ways that you can complete this task there are other ways there are other ways um so for those of you who were offended and no longer listen to our podcast uh Farewell. <laughs> no, let's actually go ahead and do some real reviews. Um, so I picked up during the Steam sale, I picked up uh, Rogue Legacy uh, by Cellar Door Games. And it's available right now all over the place for about $15. Um, I got it really cheap in the Steam sale. I don't even want to tell you guys how much I paid. It's like next to nothing. So I, I don't want you to feel bad. But anyway, um, <laughs> Rogue Legacy is awesome. It is a roguelike. It's a, a dungeon crawler. It does have a very unique mechanic that I think is just um, so innovative and, and so special that everyone should should pick it up. Um, the The goal of the game is actually to die. Now, what happens? You start off as a knight. You're diving into this castle, trying to amass gold and get deeper and deeper into the castle, like most roguelikes, you know. Only every time that you die, you come back as a descendant of the knight who died in the castle. Okay. So you can play as both females and female and male knights every knight that's born um down the family tree is born with different traits so you could be born with like agoraphobia you could be born nearsighted you could be born um uh colorblind and all of these little traits actually apply to your brand new character on top of that you're born with different abilities so some can um freeze time some can teleport some um, are just incredibly strong and do extra critical damage but what you do is you go deeper and deeper into this castle, and every single time you die, you're born as a new heir, right? Or a new descendant, which is super cool. And then as you go deeper into the dungeon, you collect gold, and you collect items and things like that, and your descendant can actually use the things you've collected over this, over several, several generations. So unlike a lot of roguelikes that are very unforgiving and wipe basically everything you've done every single time you die this one lets you hold on to a lot of the things that you've gathered say you like finally amass enough money to buy a new suit of armor well that suit of armor will be available to your kids and your kids kids and you get to keep going and and hopefully get deeper and deeper into the dungeon Uh, on top of that there's a little bit of um base building attached to this game you actually um you, you collect blueprints for the blacksmith and he can create new suits of armor for you you can talk to like fortune tellers and she'll teach you new um new spells and things of that nature so there's a lot of depth to it um the gameplay is 
insanely punishing. I mean, it's uh, it, it is a roguelike, so you're expected to die. But my average runtime was probably like three minutes. Wow. I mean, it's it's <clears throat> really really hard. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, is 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 it one of those games where the dungeons are procedurally generated, that kind of thing? They are. Um, okay. You can actually pay. I, I believe the character is called an architect. So once you unlock the architect for your for your base, you can lock down a dungeon if you like how it how it's laid out. That was my question. I guess if if your character dies and then their descendant comes into the game, do they then tackle a new dungeon or do you need to get this architect somehow or how does that work? Yeah, so the dungeon will be random every single time unless you pay the architect to lock the dungeon down. <clears throat> if the architect locks the dungeon down, then you achieve or you amass less gold when you go into it. So you won't make oh. as much money from the monsters and such. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's um you may you may be familiar with the dungeon, but you're still not going to make as much money. So um some of the dungeons are just so incredibly punishing when they're generated like, you know, rooms filled with spikes with just like super fast moving platforms all over the place and you're just like, oh my God, how can I do this? Um and others are are easy. So um it's really fun though because it, it, death is exciting because what it does is it, it you get to play as someone new every single time. Um, I love how each one of the avatars that it creates uh, have a, they have faults to them. Like some um, some one of the craziest ones I got, uh, I forget what it was called, but they had a disease where everything was backwards and upside down, and literally when the entire game was upside down. So you would be platform controls reversed too. Yeah, controls are reversed, and you were playing like from the ceiling down, and everything was flipped. Um, some like were were slightly blind, and the whole uh, your vision shrunk down, so you have only like a little small field of vision. Everything's dark around you. Um, you know, some are like incredibly like bulky. They're born super strong, and they can like you know really beat the hell out of enemies. And uh, it just it's neat. Like literally, every single one of the avatars that it creates is a completely new character, which That's is awesome. Really fun. So. Males and females, which is kind of cool too. Um, so yeah, if you like roguelikes, like this is probably one of my favorite ones that I've played in a really long time. Um, FTL is obviously still at the top of my list, but uh, I like this better than Splunky. And I know a lot of people really love Splunky, but I, I like this because it it doesn't feel like I just have to start at zero every single time. Mm-hmm. Then I die. You know, you can kind of still progress and. And uh, make your character better over several several generations, which is cool. That's super cool. It sounds great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So if you like roguelikes, if you like platforming, if you like really challenging platforming, then definitely pick up Rogue Legacy. Sounds like Ghosts um, and Goblins. It's a lot like mm-hmm. Ghosts and Goblins, definitely. Yeah, you have like a primary attack, like a, a weapon slash. You can depending on uh, the character. Type. There's character types too. I didn't say that. Some 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 kids will be born as like knights. Some will be wizards. Some will be paladins. Uh, things like that. So, you know, you can be actually be born as a different character class, which is nice. cool. So, um, yeah, like I said, it's available for about $15 now on Steam and, and pretty much all over the place. Um, pick it up. It's awesome. It's by Cellar Door Games. It's made by two guys, Kenny and Teddy Lee, who are from Toronto, and it was released about uh, halfway into 2013. Cool. So, it's good stuff. Um, let's talk about, let's do Assassin's Creed Liberation HD now. Okay. Let's do that. Let's let's mix it up. Are, are you Scott? Are you going to brag about how much you got this game for and wrap it in altruism? No. I'm, like I don't want to make you feel bad, but I got a really good deal on I this. Did. It was it was two dollars. <laughs> well, I mean, everything on Steam is two dollars, <laughs> wow. right? During the summer and at Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so Assassin's Creed Liberation HD was 
previously a Vita only game and the strong female protagonist. Yes. Strong female protagonist. So the creators of this game ported it to the consoles, um, the, I guess the last gen consoles, if you will. Mm -hmm. And, um, they've sort of updated the graphics and stuff like that. But anyways, Assassin's Creed Liberation HD tells the story of the strong female protagonist, Aveline de Grand de Grandpre, I think is her name. She is, uh, I think, of mixed descent, French and African, perhaps, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. It's cool. It's it's weird to go from playing, you know, so I played Assassin's Creed 4 on the PC, where everything is beautiful and shiny and has particle effects, and I can see droplets of water falling off my character, yeah. to then go back and play a game that was sort of upgraded from the Vita to you know, the last generation console, even though, I mean, it still looks great, but it took, it was a little jarring at first, but yeah, um, that's kind of what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid I'm just going to not be able to handle it. Well, here's the thing is that you have to remember that this is a downloadable title. So what that means on Xbox is that it has to be under two gigabytes. So if you approach it from that perspective, it's really impressive because I thought that even that other, I am alive. I thought that was sort of impressive too. Um, but this is an Assassin's Creed game, and it feels that way, and it plays that way. And uh, so far, I've seen two environments, and you know they're not as big as your, as your, you know, Havana's or your or whatever your Firenze. They're not that big, <laughs> but <laughs> but um, it's a cool game. It takes place in New New Orleans, and also out in the Bayou are the two environments that I've seen so far. And it's got a lot of the stuff that you've come to expect from Assassin's Creed games: little micro games, things to collect. Um, an interesting story. I think maybe the story is the thing that it's lightest on just because it, you know, it came from a portable. So there's not probably wasn't a lot of software real estate to be able to add a lot of, um, you know, like full motion video. Um, mm-hmm. there's no, there's no modern day component that you play in that I've seen. There is sort of a, um, metagame tie-in with things that are happening inside the animus you know i don't want to spoil anything but yeah yeah um there's some of that stuff going on so it's got all the trappings of assassin's creed but i don't think it's going to be wrapped up in a game that it would take 50 hours to complete if you're sort of that kind of assassin's creed player so i think that it's good because it's sort of it scratches that itch but you don't have to get into that sort of you know the monotony is there but it's not so monotonous because it's not a full blown game. Mm -hmm. Um, the combat still, you know, feels pretty good. There's some tree climbing, but it's not a forest where you have to go hunting for animals and slide down, you know, snowy mountains and stuff. It's all pretty Mm -hmm. flat. So it's not, um, you know, it's part of that Assassin's Creed three sort of generation. So, you know, you've got your tree climbing and all that stuff, but it, for me, it's a lot more manageable than it was in Assassin's Creed three. Yeah. It was Um, kind of crazy. There are a couple of things that are different about this game that I think are actually pretty interesting. And what it ends up doing is I think it adds more depth to, to Aveline as a character than it has for some of the other Assassin's Creed protagonists. You know, because sometimes their their characters end up being pretty dry or not mm-hmm. having a lot of personality. But um, there's a game mechanic in which Aveline can switch between, they call them personas. Okay. So she kind of is almost like kind of more um, spy-like in her approach to being an assassin, which I really appreciate. So she ends up living in this big mansion with, 
with um I don't want to give too much of the story away, but she lives in this like nice mansion. Mm-hmm. And when she's interacting with her family, she's in the lady persona. So she's wearing, you know, nice, nice um, dresses and stuff like that. And then mm. when she goes out on mission, she has her assassin's gear, which are traditional, traditional robes and hood and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then she also has what's called the slave persona where she can don some worker clothes and then do things like infiltrate plantations to, you know, to, you know, attack the slave owners and do stuff like that. And it's weird because mm-hmm. each of these personas has different strengths and weaknesses. So when That's you're in the really assassin, cool. yeah, when you're in the assassin persona, you're sort of more high profile and you build up your notoriety much faster than if you were in the slave persona or the lady persona. And then it's really neat. Yeah. When you're in the lady persona, you can't, you can't run or climb but you can still fight with your hidden blades. Um, as the lady persona, I just got a parasol that has the blow darts built into it, which is kind of oh, cool. That's what? Cool. That's yeah. so cool. So it's funny. So she'll, she'll have her little parasol like on her shoulder and then she'll walk up to a couple of guards and then just like point the parasol at them like penguin style and uh, ah. shoot out the blow darts. And then the guys fall down and she kind of just like saunters away. It's, it's really interesting. <laughs> that's cool i mean i've been waiting for a female protagonist in this series um and i was really bummed when i saw the the design of this and i saw it was for vita and i'm like ah, i'm not gonna get a vita yeah to play mm-hmm. this and i think i will eventually get this and play this because i i think it's gonna be cool i had a i had a I psp think- at the time that that assassin's creed game came out and it wasn't super great it was super light feeling oh really in this game mm-hmm while it is small, doesn't feel light, if that makes sense. That totally makes sense, yeah. What were you going to say, Hillary? Well, I mean, I think they got, re- yeah, they got really close with um, AC4 and um, the James Kidd character. Mm-hmm. So, yes. I mean, she was just, oh, wow. That was, that was like, probably one of my, mo- like, my most favorite women in games kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, if, they, if they can have a, the main character be as, as rich as someone like Kenway, but have them be female, I think that would be amazing. But I think they, they got really, really close with AC4. I was, I was super impressed. As an aside, would you have played an entire game as, um, as his lady friend? What's her name? Kid? Mary? Was it Mary? Mary Reed? Mary. Yeah. yeah. Mary Reed. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. I would have played an entire oh, yeah. game as her. She is awesome. Absolutely. Um, totally. But yeah. um, I think... I think Aveline is sort of in that same vein where she's when she talks to her parents, she's like very clever. And they're like, it's weird because they they treat her like she's like delicate, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're like, oh, well, we're glad that you're putting your talents to your music and not to riding in the streets like we see every day. And she's like, ha ha ha. Oh, father, you're so silly. That's cool. Yeah. I, and then I, she dons her assassin gear and then goes climbing buildings. And in and, terms of the narrative, do you feel like it fits well into the universe. Like, does it all make sense? Cause it is, it is supposed to be taking place like roughly the same time period as, um, AC three, right? Yeah. So just in a different portion of the world. Well here, this is the weird thing is that there isn't a lot of, I don't really know exactly what's going on. All I know from the very beginning of the game is that she had a mother, which she became separated from and sort of lost her. So, Something that she's trying to do throughout the the game is find out what happened to her mother. Um, so other than that, I don't really know what's going on in the game, if that makes any sense. It makes sense. I mean, yeah. it there's it's such a big world, you know. The game sort of opens up with, um, you know, as far as the modern day stuff goes, they use the Animus Entertainment approach. So 
the beginning of the game just kind of starts with a video advertisement where they say, you know, welcome to Abstergo Entertainment, you know, in the future, welcome to the future where you can um, relive the personas of people from history and explore these historical periods. And that's really the extent of the narrative that I've seen so far from the modern day. So trying to put it in the context of the entire universe is sort of difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the game, the sort of the game that I'm playing is one that I find to be very enjoyable. And I think maybe even the fact that it's lighter makes it a little more enjoyable because even when I got into four, I was like, man, I know that I'm gonna have to go visit all these islands and do, cause I'm a completionist. So I like to do everything mm-hmm. in the yeah. game. Yeah. And uh, it becomes tough at times. And of course there's that kind of thing in this game. And there's even, you know, like a little trading game where you have to send out your ships to do, you know, to, you know, exchange goods and get money. And there's like sort of that extra economy thing built into the game too. Um, but I, I think it's really good. I think that if you haven't played Assassin's Creed four, you should probably play that instead. And then if you are, you know, a super fan like Hillary is and like, like I am, even though I'm, I'm much more harsh <laughs> on the, on the game um, from time to time. Um, I think, I think this is who that game is for. Cause it's, it's pretty cool. good. I mean, if you, she's a great character, you would really hope that there would be more about her in the future. They seem to mm-hmm. support her though. And like, and like a lot of the, um, the materials that promote the Assassin's Creed franchise, they, they use Aveline a lot. And I don't know if that's because they, you know, um, have a contract with Sony or had a contract with Sony mm-hmm. to really push the Vita or whatever. But in, in a lot of promotional material, you see Aveline. So I'd like to think that perhaps they'll use her again one day, you know, or who knows? I mean, I really hope so. Mm-hmm. Like, <clears throat> like I've mentioned a couple of times, there is the website, Assassin's Creed initiates, AC mm-hmm. which basically encapsulates all of this lore and, you know, this nice interactive timeline and map of events that occur in this universe. Um, this game ties in with that. And then there are also, you know, other characters from comic books and stuff like that too, that are mentioned in this, in this sort of mega codex, if you will. That's cool. Um, so just some technical details for the people that follow this stuff. This game does tie in with Assassin's Creed initiates where you can sort of do the extra, they call them missions, but they're almost like, it's almost like Abstergo challenges in the game, you know, where it's like Mm -hmm. kill two people, you know, do a double assassination or climb 30 meters in the trees that's what they have on AC initiates for the missions, but this game is supported for initiates missions. So you can do that to earn experience on the web, that website. And also, Oh, the other thing that's a little confusing is that as far as I can tell, this game is not supported for you play actions and rewards on Xbox 360, which is interesting. Yeah. I actually sent them a support ticket to figure out why, like what the deal is with that. Because if you go to Uplay, you can earn awards and, you can complete the actions and earn the awards for PC and PlayStation three, but Xbox 360 mm-hmm. isn't listed, which that's, is a little disappointing. That's lame. Yeah. Cause those you plays are, are great. Cause I love just being able to hop in and instantly having some like leftover change to buy, you know, bells and whistles for games. I yeah. Think so and in cool. some mm-hmm. games it's, it's actually sort of important. Like in, um, splinter cell blacklist, there are some pretty good unlocks and there's an unlock for Assassin's Creed liberation on the other platforms where you play, a scene from Aveline's story, I think from the perspective of one of the Kenways. Oh, really? So here's the thing. I've seen one of the reward and I'm not going to spoil anything. I've seen one of the rewards on Uplay already in my game. So 
I don't know if they just made the choice to remove Uplay functionality from this game and then just put the extra stuff in it, or if I'm going to miss out on whatever this extra episode thing is. Mm. So um, I guess it is a very small gripe, but it's sort of a very small buyer beware if if you're into the whole Uplay thing. Um, it does work with initiates. It does not work with Uplay in terms of getting those points. Cool. But the content might be in the game. So, so far... I've played maybe 30% of the game and I'm finding it very enjoyable and it's $20. It's impressive because it's less than two gigabytes and it'll probably give you many hours of enjoyment for that price. So I think that's enough information to, you know, if you're an Assassin's Creed fan, you probably know if you want it or not. So so there you go. Assassin's Creed Liberation HD. Well, to continue your reviews, why don't we talk about a game that uh, I played at PAX that I loved a lot and that is the Banner Saga. The Banner Saga. And apparently I want to say Bonner Saga. The Bonner Saga. <laughs> I don't know why I want to say it that way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is... So um, what, what is the Banner Saga? The Banner Saga has, I guess, was made from um, Stoic Studios. They had a sort of successful Kickstarter. I think they raised about $700,000. Nice. Um, and it is, at its core, it is a turn-based tactical game sort of in the same way that Shadowrun is or D&D or even like a Shining Force. Honestly, when I played this game, I thought of Matt because Matt loves Shining Force. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you can tell they spent a lot of time developing a good combat mechanic for that part of the game. Um, before the actual game was released, they released a game called Banner Saga... What's that called? Banner Saga Factions, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a multiplayer, sort of a one-on-one, 1v1 component of the combat system. And I think maybe they were able to... I I never played it, but I think they were able to use that part of the game to tune the abilities of the characters in the game, if that makes sense. So it is the game... Sort of maybe one of the markers of the game is that it's all hand-drawn, or like a lot of it is hand-drawn, including the cutscenes and dialogue. Um, So it kind of looks like... I don't know how to explain this in a I'm going to say this and it's going to sound like I'm saying something bad, but I'm really just trying to describe <laughs> the art style. You know how sometimes you're sitting at home in the middle of the day and you're flipping through the channels and you see one of those religious cartoons on TV? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Some the animation kind of like looks like what? that but but much better. Does that make any it's, sense? Well, they call it it's like an old style called rotoscoping mm-hmm. and uh it's how the old cartoons in like the late 70s and 80s when they wanted to have like very fluid animation they would actually um record human movement like in you know on video and then paint over it and oh. so they, they called that rotoscoping so um from what i understand the banner saga uses like a very old-fashioned rotoscoping technique similar to i don't know if you ever saw like fire and ice or wizards or any um the old lord of the rings uh, hmm. cartoon those all they they all use rotoscoping and stuff um a guy by the name of ralph bakshi used to do that all the time with his cartoons. He did a lot of really like adult adult cartoons. So it's 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 cool if you like rotoscoping. Otherwise it's jarring, you know. Oh. I think hmm. I think this comes off well. And when you're the thing that okay. I love I love that you like bring in religious cartoons though, I have to say. There well, are no there were, Yeah, there's some that you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> you're like sitting at home in the middle of the day and you flip to something and there's like a you know like a shepherd and you're like, oh religious cartoons. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> But no, this game is based in um, 
it's Scandinavian, you know, so kind of looks like Viking style characters. Um, mm. It's cool. Sort of. Let me talk more about the game mechanics. So okay. there are human characters in the game. And is in terms of the, the battle maps, they take up one square. And then there are sort of these giants in the universe as well. And they take up like four squares on the map, right? Um, and I can't remember mm-hmm. the names. I played for like three hours and I'm so bad with... It. It's like there's so much lore in this game and you're trying to take it all in at once. And you don't know if you should like read through the codex or engage in more of the dialogue. They've really created a lot of universe just in this one release, if that makes any sense. But anyways, there are there's gameplay with the human characters and these gigantic Foursquare um, sort of like larger characters, and it it really creates a lot of cool dynamics. the The characters have shielding and hit points, and the basic attack is one where it's like you know your attack minus their shielding is how much damage you do to their hit points, but your hit points also determine your attack ability as well. So there's a lot of sort of gamesmanship that goes into figuring out how you should approach these tactical battles right so you might encounter an enemy that has 10 shielding and let's say eight health and if your character has 15 health they Mm -hmm. would attack that character for five damage does that make sense yeah it makes sense they also Mm -hmm. have every character also has a base rate to break the shielding as well which is typically like one or two so you can do sort of a one or two damage attack to their shielding or do this, you know, subtracted damage against their health. And then the health impacts their attack damage as well. Um, there's a lot of different characters in the game. There are characters that are spearmen, archers, um, people that use shields effectively, people that are more like berserker characters. And then the same applies to the large characters as well. All these characters have different abilities, different strengths and weaknesses. They have special abilities. And then what's really cool is that when I say they have special abilities... They're kind. They're the kind of special abilities that you see in D and D, if that makes any sense. Oh, okay. You know, so it's like yeah. push this character back two squares, and then for every square they move after that, they take a damage. Or, you know, push this character backwards, and if they hit somebody else, that character takes five damage. Um, so there's a lot of that kind of gameplay in the combat system. Um, there's an additional system that's in the game as well because this game takes place out of this gigantic um, sort of fantasy style map where the, where the characters are traveling from town to town and from village to village trying to um, either combat or escape this, this evil race of characters that has sort of descended um, from the North part of the region. And the, the game mechanic is sort of a caravan game mechanic, almost in the style of Oregon trail where oh man yeah so you have like your core party of fighters but you also have this this large camp i guess that travels with you so every time the camp packs up and moves they have this animation where you see this gigantic party traveling across you know across the map world across the wilderness in sort of this 2d style environment and so though you'll have like your crew in the front they're carrying your banner and then there's a long line of guys behind you like your fighters and your you know your clansmen and stuff like that and then as you travel along the trail you encounter events just like in the style of like Oregon trail so you'll see you know two people approach you and they want to join your crew and then you have choices you know text-based choices you know we don't trust them send them away or sure welcome to our gang or you know say nothing so there's all that kind of stuff in the game too um 
the story is highly complex. Um, you sort of bounce back and forth between different people in the mm-hmm. region, almost like Game of Thrones style, if that makes any okay. sense. Yeah. Um, and oh my god, when as soon as you play this game and you get to the map where you actually bounce back and forth and you see how large the map is, you will shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback from earlier. But every spot on the map has a codex entry too. So imagine a gigantic map where you can click on every town name, every mountain range, every body of water, you know, every... It's a fully, fully realized world, huh? Yeah. And it's just so incredible because you think like, oh, you know, like maybe it's a Kickstarter game and like maybe it'll be smallish, you know, like whatever your perception of, of things that are crowdfunded might be. But this game clearly lays out the groundwork for a very rich world of lore and gameplay that's Um, cool well i'm glad that you're you're actually liking it because uh i you know i really enjoyed playing it at pax i didn't get to play for much more than maybe 25 30 minutes at pax but i was like oh man because i really did love the turn-based strategy i'm a huge fan of that so um i think it's going to be cool The, the only thing because it was more or less i think the demo i was playing at pax um, is there a lot of variety to the to the units and to their abilities? Because it felt kind of samey, unfortunately. Okay, so from what I've seen, I've seen, you know, maybe I want to say around ten different types of characters. If that okay, makes that's sense. You know, so ma- many, many more because okay. I think there are only three that I played at at PAX. So and it's interesting because every time I encounter a new character, usually characters have maybe one or two abilities, and then they have a weapon. And then you just have to figure out, looking at their stats, like what they're suited to do on the battlefield. And I think that's where the guts of the game are located. Okay. Well, you know, that's awesome. You don't just like take five swordmen and rush in and attack the enemy. I really am spending these battles trying to figure out things like, well, you know, my spearman can attack diagonally. So if I box him in with two shielded guys, you know, the enemy won't be able to attack the spearman who is a little weaker. The shielded guys can sort of soak up the damage. You know, yeah, really strategic. I mean, that's that's it's that's extremely it's strategic. And the that's thing great. that makes it tougher is that if one of your characters fall in battle, they become wounded, right? Mm. And so they would start the next battle with a penalty to their hit points, which is also then a penalty to their attack power, right? And the only way to heal their wounds is to rest. But when you rest in your camp, when you're traveling with your big party, camping requires resources like food. So if you use all your food, your party becomes unhappy, right? So there's like a bunch of different mechanics that play together. And if, you know, if you run out of food before you reach the next town, then I'm assuming you'll start losing people in your big, like clan that's traveling across the country. Mm -hmm. So you really do have this incentive to try to keep all of your party members alive, even within a single battle, just the same way you would try to do in, in shining force. But I think in shining force, if somebody dies, they're gone forever. Right? Like, I think that's how that worked. I don't know if it's that harsh in banner saga, but it's all I can say is that it's extremely tactical. If you like things like shining force D and D even like Oregon trail, if you're a Bioware fan, because they still have, you know, they still have stuff like dialogue trees where you make decisions, you know, whether or not somebody joins your party or you kill them outright, you know, you have those kinds of decisions in the game too. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm going to have to get that. I'm excited. Yeah. And there are times in the game where, um, you know, like I've been in a situation where like this battle breaks out and like, there will be two younger 
people in the village that are like, please let me help you. I want to fight. And you either have to decide, you know, yes, you can come with me or no, like I'll handle this myself. Obviously, if you take them with you, you have two people that can help you fight. But that usually means that they could die after the battle ends and then somebody will be mad at you. They'll be like, why did you take my son into battle? You know, he wasn't ready or you could leave him, but then you're short a man when you go into the battle. So those are the kind of things that you struggle with in, in the banner saga. It's really fascinating. That's hmm. super cool. Well, definitely look for it right now. Uh, is it only available to uh, people that back the game right now, or is it actually had a hard release? I think no, it did I have think, a hard release. Yeah, I think Broken Age is only available to backers right now. The Banner Saga is available on Steam. And Excellent. I'm also going to just throw something out there based on no knowledge of anything. But to me, this seems like the type of game that would translate very easily to a touch platform. Oh, that'd be cool. Because I think it's only like single taps. Everything is like point and click on the screen. Cool. So I wouldn't be surprised if this showed up on iOS. I think they do plan to release this game in three parts. And I've already, I thought like, as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, I'm going to be done with part one in like two hours. I played about two hours and I feel like I'm nowhere close to finishing this episode. Oh, that's great. It's very, very cool. It's fucking cool. So I would encourage people to go check out the videos, look at the gameplay, um, if there's a demo, definitely try it. It's it's pretty fucking cool. Awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, let's let's take a, a quick break and come back with our uh, nerd appropriate question of the week and all of your awesome replies. This is Bria Grant, and you're listening to the Rated NA Podcast at NerdAppropriate.com. Okay, we're back with our Nerd Appropriate Question of the Week, uh, which this week was asking you guys what game, film, or television series soundtrack would be the soundtrack to your life. And we got some great responses this week. Uh, the first one is from Nessus Tess, who's at ba- Paper by the Ton. And she says, I don't know. Uh, I work most often to the Mass Effect soundtrack, so I'll go with that. Those are really good. Might we good also choice. recommend checking out Big Giant Circles? Yes, yes. If you like uh, Mass Effect soundtrack, Jimmy Hinson wrote a number of those songs. And didn't he write? Song. Didn't he write the the song um, in Mass Effect Two when you see when you see the Normandy again? Yes, yep. And that uh-huh. that really epic piece of music that yes. that is like one of the best things ever. It Absolutely. is. That's honestly that I get chills every time I see that scene and, he, and knowing that he wrote that mm-hmm. just makes me have so much respect for him. <laughs> yeah, I know he has a I really know. cool, um, mass effect. I don't want to call it remixes. It's almost like impressions kind of album. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that's really good too. And it's I think called the thing legacy, right? Yeah, it's legacy. And I think that album has sort of a bonus track, which is Tally's theme remixed as an eight bit chip tune, which is great. Huh. Which is fucking cool. Awesome. Yeah, for sure. Suicide Suicide Mission is still my favorite though. That's that the song. best song ever. Yeah. Oh. Anyway. For me it's gonna be yes. the uh when you see the Citadel for the first time in the first game. That's good That's too. That's a good one too. I get it has like, like really sweeping. Yeah. Alright, so Justin D Jeshin says Metal Gear Solid. Oh, that has a great soundtrack. Solid choice. Yeah. <laughs> um Melissa K, the quad skater. Hey Melissa K. Maybe we'll I haven't seen you forever, it feels like from uh press to reset reset transmission um i wish the pacific rim soundtrack was mine but since i'm doing safety inspections rather than fighting 
kaiju warm bodies that was a pretty good movie. I liked Warm Bodies. I like that movie. It was good. You know, I'll tell. I remember that Melissa Kay has a fond love of Pacific Rim, despite maybe all of the negative reviews that that movie got. And I will, I will stand by her and say that I really enjoyed Pacific Rim as well. I did too. I loved I thought it. Thought it was a great movie. I had a good time watching it. Um, next is Angelo Alcid. 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 There we go. There we go. Alcid. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I do this all the time at work too. Uh, <laughs> Awesome. Um, he says the Bastion soundtrack makes a really good workday soundtrack. Not that I'm building walls or railroads or anything. <laughs> I still well up a little bit when I watch the Transistor trailer. It's good. Yeah. It's going to be so good. So Karume Deco. Did I say that right? I feel like I, it's I, – I call him – whenever I see him, I – yeah, I call him Care because it's easy just to short his name. Mm-hmm. Um, or at Foxy. says Super Mario 1, Overworld Running – Underworld work, underwater, occasional shower, and castle home. Kind of boring. <laughs> One of the nicest dudes out there. Super creative. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Um, Eric at eChap33 says, game, Halo and Mass Effect series, film, Tron Legacy. Oh, yeah. TV, Cowboy Bebop, and Battlestar Galactica. I can be moody at times. Awesome. Those are all fine choices. That Tron Legacy soundtrack is awesome. It is really good. I listen to that a lot at work. Okay, next up is Justin Banks, who is at Midtown583. How's it going, Justin? Uh, he says the TMNT cartoon series theme song, uh, hashtag Turtle Power. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so Nate B at Nate underscore B says, I like to have options. So film, Amelie. Mm. TV, Cowboy Bebop, game, Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have a story about that. When I was at Kamikaze um, a couple months ago helping Crowdcat, they were selling ocarinas. Is that what they're called? Oc- yeah. yeah. Like the little things? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, they were selling them right behind us. So I swear, I, if I heard that song one more time, all of us were just like, Rrr. at first we're like, oh, that's nice. Oh, he loves Zelda. This yeah. is great. But that song is like burned into my memory oh, with, it, with that little fluty thing. And he and, and and then the guys like started like walking around in circles, so, like <laughs> around our, our aisle. So we're like, oh, oh. We get like louder and softer. We're like, this is just torture. Yeah, those are some good tunes, man. I thought that was a that was a great game. Uh, I I got scared of the ocarina when I saw um, a guy in a full Tinkle cosplay um, (laughs) playing. Yeah, Tingle. Yeah, sorry, Tingle playing. (laughs) Tingle. Yeah. Have you seen Have you seen Tingle's cosplay? Tingle cosplay guy. He's around every once in a while. Did he have balloons strapped to his butt too? Oh God! It he, he just looked like something from a nightmare. He, he just looked like like the ultimate um, ultimate pedo. <laughs> I'll put a picture in the show notes. But let's go ahead and move on after I I find him. Okay. Um. At Cliffy Joel says, "Give me the she- sea shanties of Assassin's Creed Four. Uh, everyone yes. around me would cheer when I show up, and they'd start singing. Well, it's that or the Sting. Gotta love the 1930s soundtrack." Nice, nice. I know, so so catchy. I did think it was funny that your crew would cheer, like even if you stepped off the boat for a second. Yeah, "Yeah, you're awesome. That game is like the ultimate ego booster. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty awesome. But I am not born. (laughs) (laughs) You're definitely singing the drunken version of that. (laughs) (laughs) I live born. a pirate song yeah. all right so They're just another sure. fan who's at vid game girl she says theme song to my life the english cover of sword art online mm. 
So Richard Ingham at Rzaft, yes, yep. yeah. says Mass Effect 3 soundtrack. Nice <laughs> awesome. choice. Awesome. This, this next one's funny. Witch of the Wilds at Wild Morgan says Dragon Age soundtrack, of course. <laughs> Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> We're glad you like your theme song. Morgan approves. Yeah. Uh, the Dragon Age soundtrack is actually really good. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, Drifting, who's at Sarah Sector underscore Sector, says uh, Eve Online has constant thoughtfulness to it. Scott, you would love Eve Online. It's very um, kind of droning, but it it, it feels like space. It the soundtrack? Like yeah, the Eve soundtrack is really cool. Good. Yeah, I'm into that. Kate, Kate Dollarhide at Night D, Kite D, yeah, says uh, FZ Side Z by Disaster Piece. Uh, a lot of floaty, thoughtful jams for writing or driving on California's congested nighttime freeways. I agree. At least with the freeway part. <laughs> and the cool and the thing, writing part. And the cool thing that happened with this one is that Disaster Piece um, wrote her and said, Thanks, neighbor. <laughs> I live in Berkeley. If you happen to be writing and driving at the same time, please be careful. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> and Kate actually said um, she she texted or she uh, – sorry. She sent us a message on Twitter saying that she really liked um, one of our bumper songs, which is a song that Matt actually wrote. So thanks, Kate, from Matt even though he's not here today. I will try to play that somewhere in this show for her. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Thank you again, Kate. I like that song, too. I'm a- I did, too. I went back and listened to it because I didn't know which one she was talking about. And I was like, oh, I think that I thought that was a, a Matt original. Yeah. Having played music with Matt like since I was 15, I, I think that that tune is really awesome. I'm really impressed with it. A fan. Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. These, I think that's these are the droids you are looking for, Canada, which is uh, TDY Alf Canada, um, mm-hmm. who run a very excellent podcast as well now. Says um, Mass Effect 3 soundtrack for those really heroic days and days when I get defeated over and over. It happens to us all, sir. That's also Andrew Baker, A Baker N7, as well. I feel you, buddy. Mm hmm. So Amanda T at Flute Fire, also one of my most favorite people on the planet, Portal mm. 1 and 2. Look at me still talking while there's science to do. Warning, tweet from a tired grad student. <laughs> Indeed. Hang in there. Hang in there. There's if, an if end. Scott can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> there's an end. There's, <laughs> there's, a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I promise. Yeah. Portal 2 is an excellent soundtrack. I think you can download that for free, actually. Awesome. Somewhere. Uh, Rasmus, who is at Rasmus. VN says atonement from Halo Four, uh, Journey Medley, and I think that was it. There are a bunch of YouTube links which we'll have to then go peruse after we're done talking here. Indeed. Okay, Alyssa at Lissabits. I want my life scored by Bear McCrary, full symphony orchestra. Orchestra. Wow, I could even talk. And everyone gets their own theme. I really miss Human Target. Oh my God! Can He's my really theme? Good. Can my personal theme just be the theme from Human Target? Yes, you can choose that. Oh God, that's so good. I I'm I'm right there with you. Um, Sam Sam Boyd at Sam R Boyd says, "Got to be Cowboy Bebop for TV, Bastion for games, and Girl Walk all day for movies." I love mixed genres. Very cool. Um, how about oh. you guys? Do you guys have some picks real quick before we get out of here? Um, my my real quick one was uh, I love the Twin Peaks soundtrack. It's got this like, oh, I love really that. dark, swanky. Dun, 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 yeah, it's Angelo. <laughs> uh, I'm going to butcher his name. Angelo Badalamenti, I believe is, is how you pronounce it. Um, Italian composer. But there's something really 
dark to the not that I need a dark soundtrack for my life. But no, it I loved it. I loved it as a kid when it was on. It was haunting. It was beautiful. Um, one of my favorite soundtracks of all time was that Twin Peaks soundtrack. So yeah, I had that one. I had that one as a kid too. I loved. Did you? That. Yeah, I remember having the yeah. tape. <laughs> How Me about you, too. Though? Yeah, I had the tape, and I would like jam out to the tape as mm, as much anything? as you can jam out to that. Yeah. Right. Um, I think anything by Thomas Newman, but I think um, the one that's always been around is uh, Star Wars. The, oh, um, hell yeah. The song that – the one – I should know this. I feel like a bad fan. But when Luke is looking over the horizon on Tatooine, oh, the, yeah. the main – that one. I think that oh, might yeah. be Luke's theme. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great, that's it. great song. Yeah. yeah, that's it. That and the, the metal ceremony song, like any oh, the yeah. metal ceremony song comes on, I'm just like, I can do it. <laughs> um, I'll tell you guys, maybe I've said this before, but when when I got married, my like the my party, me and the groomsmen walked out to the metal ceremony music, Fuck like yeah. onto the. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that was great. It was cool. I almost, uh, I everybody knew what it was, so it was kind of funny. Was, was I good. your MC? Yeah, you were my MC uh, at my wedding. <laughs> Ash was an amazing MC. He Thanks, was so man. good. Thanks. I've done it a bunch of times because I can't, I can't remember anymore who I've done oh, it. Oh, no. For. You were fucking great, man. You did an awesome Thanks. job. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, I think for my tunes, I'm going to stick with my spy theme and I'm just going to highlight some cool soundtracks like No One Lives Forever, which I know I've talked about before. Yeah. Hell yeah. The theme song. Keep the dream to- alive. Yeah. Yeah. I know, right? Please make another one. Someone find yeah. out who owns that and buy it. Um, the theme music to Gunpoint is awesome for that reason. Oh, is as it well. really? Oh, yeah. And then probably from what I've heard of Incognito, which is now called Invisible Ink, that will have a cool swanky spy theme song kind of thing going on as well. And then I would almost group into that genre the um, music from the first three seasons of Eureka because I kind of like that swanky, swanky theme song huh. that they have, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like a little mischievous with the kind of the the flute tune like in the lead there mm-hmm. it's good cool so what we should take out of that is that you are swanky and mischievous He's swanky i just yeah. i like that kind of lounge that 60s kind of lounge music thing i, I think that's and you cool. haven't watched mad men this is this is crazy i know i know one day I, i'm playing all these assassin's creed they take like 150 hours to get through these games man <laughs> true that true well there you go let's get out of here guys um this has been episode 136 of the rated na podcast we hope that you guys enjoyed our our silly netflix game if you did like it let us know we'll do stuff like that more often and kind of break things up a little bit um as always you can reach us on twitter and that's at nerd appropriate you can uh email us directly and that's scott matt hillary with one l and ash at nerdappropriate.com Send us all sorts of email if you'd like. And uh, you can go on Facebook and that's slash nerd appropriate. Uh, big thanks to Audible for sponsoring us. And uh, oh, yeah, Jimmy Hinson as well. Big thanks to Jimmy for our theme song. We really appreciate it, sir. And we'll be back next week. Uh, we actually have, uh, we have Luis from Jazz Punk who's going to be on the show next week. So, yeah, Adult Swim Games coming out with Jazz Punk soon. And we'll have Luis on, which will be fun. See you guys. Bye. Bye, everyone.
going to be classy. You really need to take a shit. Okay. <laughs> what do I do? You get it. It's like an old uh, like text-based game. You have to type type in um, how to take shit while the, t- the clock is ticking. I don't know how to open the door. Uh-oh. Better hurry. I don't know how to move right. What? Don't shit your pants. Come on. Oh, my God. It's peeking its head. Do something about the gas <laughs> buildup. Oh. Did you shit your pants? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>